Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Real World Podcast, a podcast which has a boomer and a barely a millennial, and a, oh, as well as a mother and a son, where the mother is the barely a millennial and the son is a boomer. <laughs> it's a real Benjamin Button situation, where both oh, people right. are Benjamin Buttons. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and welcome. I am today's host, Brian. I am with my mother. You're wearing your initials. I'm wearing my initials. What, what you just said. Our initials. But I don't have a last name. BS. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a last name. I don't know what you're talking mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Anyway, my name is Bobby. And like I said, I, I am, am the boomer. Okay. You caught me. <laughs> I am a millennial. Yes, you are. Well, today we're talking about something extra fun for all of you. It's one of my favorite topics, and that is predestination. I'm excited to talk about it. Wunderbar. Am I the only one that's excited to talk wunderbar. about these um, wunderbar um, about these topics? Yeah, I'm, I, I never have fun with these. <laughs> that's why I'm the host for though. I always <coughs> want to be the host whenever I'm not having fun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Silly boy. Alrighty. Well, I guess first as always, how are you feeling, Mama? I'm tired right now. <laughs> we had we had dinner. We had Chinese food. It was good Chinese so, food, and uh, it was really good. I probably feel so great because I got those steamed veggies. Mm, I'm proud. I didn't know I could get steamed veggies. I didn't go, and so they brought it back for me, and I didn't realize I could get the steamed veggies. I got white rice, but I didn't eat that much of it anyway. So yeah, that's all good. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. It was really yummy. It's all good underneath the hood. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, uh, is we're talking about predestination. Uh, do you have any questions upon what that is? Well, or before we do that, how about how are you, Brian? N- no, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> That's why I skipped that. I'm just joking. No, I'm doing well. Okay, good. Good Chinese food. Good playing wrestling with my dog. Yes. Because uh, he's up upset that uh, the other two dogs <laughs> won't play with him. Yeah, my two dogs are lazy. <laughs> and my dog is just abounds well, he's in a energy. Puppy. He's young. I mean, he's still two. It's not really a puppy anymore. But he's still in the energetic level. Mine are seven, and they're just like mm, glazies. Yeah, Yeah, they're both kind of just done. Yeah. 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 All righty. So we're going to talk about predestination. Predestination. Okay. Uh, So what is predestination? Do you know, Mom? How would you define it? Okay. It's the act of God whereby he chooses for reasons in himself beforehand indeed before the foundation of the world all who will be saved okay i think that's good i would i would slightly modify that i would say that's a definition of what it means to be elected okay to be the elect to be the chosen before the foundations of the world uh predestination schools of thought on that like no no that i would say that just i I think that accurately more describes the elect specifically because predestination but what does that mean the elect i've never even heard that you've never heard that we had a whole sermon series about this during 20 the elect what it means to be we called it the election series because it was during the 2020 election Oh, but that's why you're calling it the elect because it no. was during election. No, I'm that's confused. that's where the term election <laughs> election comes from, being chosen. Oh, when we're the elect of God, that's talking about God's predestined and elect group. So, what was the topic for the sermon series? Yeah. No, not the sermons. You're talking about a sermon series from church. Yes. Not podcast. Okay, in my mind, I'm thinking, when did we talk about this on a podcast? No, we're talking about Apologize. sermons. Okay, so. 
Yes. Okay. We are a little bit sleepy. Yes, I am a little <laughs> bit sleepy. I'm sorry. It's all good. So predestination, more than just being chosen, because I think election is part of predestination. But for a lot of people, predestination expands more than just salvation. It is just the divinely ordained events that go on throughout human history. I can speak into this mic, say these words. That is predestined. And they're talking about how, to what degree, is that really predestined? Because some people would say predestined really only applies to election. And besides that, it's just free for all. So there is a level of disagreements depending on your views. But generally, when people talk about predestined, they're talking about it was destined before it happened. That's why it's predestined or predestination. <clears throat> the event, the arrival, the destination happens before it actually happens. It was chosen before it all. If that makes sense. I understand what you're saying, but there's more to it than that. What's there more to it? Well, uh, okay, because we're talking about predestination versus free will. Okay, so. Well, we were just talking about defining what predestination right, okay, was. Fine, but but you were talking so strongly as though I was interpreting what you were saying as something more than just a definition. Well, yeah, no, that's that's what our concept. Now, regardless of how true it is, is different. But that's what predestination is. How true it is and to what extent is argued about. Okay. Uh, so why is predestination a hot topic? Do you know? Why do people argue about this? Well, I mean, I think it is the free will concept, right? So the whole issue of whether or not did God, did God choose us or did <laughs> we... Jot. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's okay. Did God choose us or did we choose him first? You know what I mean? Obviously, he chose us it's very confusing when you like talk about it because you kind of go around in circles. Right? Yes, but I mean, and, and even more than that, if say God predestined everything and we had no really no mm -hmm. choice, does mm -hmm. that doesn't that mean God created sin? That implies God created sin and ordained it sin. It does. It does. Well, I'm not saying at all that there isn't free will because I think there is. Yeah, it's I think there is I too. Think, you know, with respect to the the verses that talked about that talks about the predestination and you would know which ones those are but i believe that that we were predestined because he knew that we would choose him mm. that's kind of what i think i i would disagree with that okay why uh, God could create any sort of realities where any person could potentially choose him. So why is this specific one the one that he chose? I think there's something a little bit more to it than he saw us would choose him. He could orchestrate the events in anyone's lives he to can, make but it. That's be where the free will comes in. It's like the free will has to be a part of this. Like we have to want to be with him. We have to choose him. Okay, and he has to know that we would do that without regard to whatever he's doing. Uh, yes, and at the same time, he could implement that in different ways. He, he could, but what I'm saying, if, if he starts implementing things, that goes back to what you were saying in the beginning, it's like we still have to have a part of this because if we don't, then it's not... Um, 
you know, it's like we have no, I, I think we have a part in, to play in this. Otherwise, it's like, what's the point? Yeah, I mean, that's exactly why I don't think he sees our future choice and then chooses us because of that. I think if he looks to our choice, you could say that because he could theoretically make all sorts of different realities and all sorts of different alternate possibilities where anyone could have chosen him under the I right know, circumstances. But, but so that's not what I'm saying. Because but, what I'm saying, go ahead, honey. So ahead. what I'm ahead, saying, you were done. no, I was not, was that <laughs> in that, God isn't looking to the future and seeing what that we choose him or not. We are simply making that choice. I don't think God's looking to the future and seeing that we choose him to make that choice well, to then, elect us. Okay, then what are the verses in the Bible that says that he foreknew? Like he So that's okay, I'm going to I'm going to find it. Ephesians 1, 4 to 6, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Okay, so if he chose us before the foundation of the world, then how can what you just said be true? That doesn't make any sense to me. Because our choices don't, God's not dependent on our potential choices. I would never limit God's choice to be whether or not I say yes or no. They have to work potentially hand in hand all the time. He chose us. Yes, exactly. Okay, so if he chose us, so it's always been my belief. So he chose us because he knew that we would choose him. And I'm sticking with that. You can take whatever you. That's fine. Position you want to take. But what you're telling me is that he could choose someone who would never then accept him. That's not what I'm saying at all. That's what it sounded like you were saying. That is not what I'm saying at all. Okay. What I'm saying is that if God were to look to the future to make his decision on who he would choose as his elect, then he could potentially, if this happens before all reality I, began. I don't understand this term, elect. I mean, like, I don't use that term, and it's like, what? please, can you further. His chosen that? people. The Christians. Okay, all right. I just want to make sure I was clear on what you meant. If God were to see all Christians, all true believers, before everything was made, before time existed, Mm -hmm. and he were to make his choice on who they were based on him choosing them, at any point he could create things just a tad different and those potentialities could be different. So I don't think God chose us based on our choosing him. God made that choice and it works hand in hand with us choosing him. Yeah, I guess I just don't understand that it works hand in hand with us choosing him. Because what if we don't choose him? What let's say he chose us and we didn't choose him, then what? That like, doesn't happen. Why would he chose us? But that doesn't happen. You're going to have to elaborate on that one. The reason that doesn't happen is that we don't fully know why, but we know that we have to fully choose God, and God also has to fully choose us. They have to work hand in hand. Okay, I can under I can understand that. I can accept that. But then my question goes back to is why would he choose us? Then you're asking an entirely different question that well, we don't have the answer to. No, I'm I'm saying I believe it's because he knew that we that I would choose him. Yeah, I don't Because he knew everything. Yeah, I don't I don't think that. That's fine. I'm just, I'm sticking with that. Okay. And you can stick with your position. I mean, let me just further read on, um, let me read fully the Ephesians 1, 4 to 6. <clears throat> I'm going to read it again. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. 
In love, he, prede- he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I read the whole scripture. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. It's a good passage. It's a great passage. Yeah. So where are we going from here? So... If, as you guys can all who are listening clearly tell, predestination can be a very divisive topic, (laughs) why would God include it in Scripture? Why would he include it in Scripture? Why would God include something that will tear us apart in Scripture? It's not the only thing. I think there's a lot of things that people disagree about, but it doesn't need to break a relationship or, I mean, you know, it's... it's (laughs) Name a hot-button topic and, you know, that people are going to disagree. And I think this is this has been one that's... Um, sure, but we're specifically asking why would God include it in Scripture? Why and what I in his know, wisdom? Brian, I don't know. Okay. Uh, Tell well, me your thoughts. Well, because it's meant to encourage us. Because God chose you. Okay. Why would Paul write about this? Because God chose us. That, and that, that's a big part of the emphasis of this is I don't understand how free will fully works when it comes to predestination. But we do know the aspect that is 100% firm is that each of us are chosen. We're all elected by God to be adopted into sons, into daughters, into heirs of the kingdom of heaven. So whenever we read passages on predestination, the purpose of them is to remind us that you are my child. You're beloved. You're why I had my son go on that cross. Why he rose again three days later. I mean, I can understand your position that it's encouraging. I'm still sticking with my original thought. What was your original thought? Why it was put in the scripture then? Oh, not on that. Just as to why. You know, that our, 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 he knew that we would choose him. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. So, but why it's in scripture. Yeah. I mean, because I guess that, that could makes be, the most sense. That can be true regardless of whether or not it's in right. scripture. No, I, that's what I'm saying. I, yeah. I mean, I'll, I can totally accept what you're saying and, and that does make sense that it, it is encouraging. Yeah. So I think we're already going to know your answer on this next one. Are we ordained individually or as a group? It, or individually yeah mm-hmm. it's a co- concept that i've been familiar with for a while but i talked with a friend and he fleshed out a little bit more for me which is a little bit interesting just the idea that a way that free will and complete choice and god's complete predestination works together is that when god says he's elect he's talking about he will save a group of people the christians his elect his chosen his engrafted in israel uh, while at the same time, all the people who go into that group or not, it's up to us. And I think that's an interesting way. It seems very free will focused rather than predestined focused. I think the language of predestination in the New Testament and throughout all of Scripture is very individual focused mm-hmm. with aspects of it being people focused, being group focused. When is it being group focused other than 
the Jewish nation. That would be the main yeah. aspect of it yeah. is the Jewish nation yeah. or any time where Paul refers to all brothers and daughters or God for new mm-hmm. all people or yeah and so on. Okay. Uh, and so then this one is it sounds like me and you are probably going to hard disagree on this. Does God ordain people to be condemned? I don't think so. I don't think he ordains people to be condemned. Um, <coughs> pardon me. On the other hand, <coughs> excuse me. As you say, he chose us, and you said it, it. It goes in concert with him choosing him, with us choosing him. But if he didn't choose us, then they are condemned. So, in effect, yes. Yeah, and that's. It's a very. It's a probably the single most divisive part of the topic of predestination is a lot of people who are very in favor of free will see that as a natural conclusion. And that's why they push against predestination because it begins to imply that God orchestrated sin or that God orchestrated people being purposely condemned to suffer. And I think to a degree that's true to a sort of degree is not true. I think in many ways, just like our salvation, I would say it has to work hand in hand God's choice with people has to also work hand in hand with them where they rejected God and he has also rejected them to some degree because they've also rejected God working hand in hand with some way degree. But is this a foreknowledge of him, them rejecting him or no? I would say, I would say no. I would say they have to work. <laughs> well, hand at least in you're hand. consistent. <laughs> I would say they have to work hand in hand. But I think it, it's also, it's difficult because I think there's a great aspect where for most people, it's just their active choice and they can change that choice at any point where God's calling everyone, but only some are truly saved. So, but there are some who seem <clears throat> created from birth to do terrible things like Pharaoh. God hardened Pharaoh's heart. God condemned Pharaoh. And scripture is actually very very clear on that, yeah. that Pharaoh was made to essentially show God's will by being a piece of doo-doo. Well, and the thing is, is that he tells us in the Old Testament that he blesses who he wants to bless and he curses who he wants to curse. So, I mean, that kind of goes along with this. Yes. Right? I mean, and, so. And I think in, in that, we can also see that an aspect of that was Abraham's obedience. That was a part of a contingency to that. If Abraham ignores God, if Abraham doesn't engage in relationship with God, like God, God can still bless him, but he won't have the fullness of that blessing. So what? why do you think, I mean, and it's all the time, but why do you think people reject God? Like, why do you think, like somebody hears, you know, um, the gospel message and they even maybe witness some things that, you know, could be only God, yet they still reject like, them. Like the Pharisees. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, also just well, people Well, but in their mind, too. yeah, but again, and, and I'm not justifying the Pharisees, but in their mind, they felt that following the law was sufficient, and they were good at that, right? But that's not what it was all about. But they didn't get it, you know? And I'm sure there's a lot of people, and we know there's a lot of people today that says, well, if I'm good, I'm going to go to heaven. Yeah. Right? And we know that that's not true. I, and I think that's it, is that people feel they're good enough. Mm-hmm. 
I think that's what it, what is it for most of humans throughout history is everyone feels like they're good enough to get there by themselves mm-hmm. or their understanding of justice is different than ours. Yeah. And they think like the God, because in most faiths up until Jesus, the gods were like capricious. They were just as good or evil as any human being was. Mm-hmm. Well, because that's what they were, yeah. human beings. Yes, <laughs> you and I know that. Yeah, and so that that creates a lot of difficulty. So throughout all human history, yeah, it was like I was saying. I lost my own train of thought there, but gosh dang it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. It's okay. The, that little cough threw me off. So you do you believe that humans have free will, though? Uh, yes, I think we have free will, but we also have complete predestination. I think it's like the story has been written, but that doesn't take away the agency of the people, the characters in the story. Because in that moment, each of those characters fully accept and believe these actions as their own. Okay. Mm. Uh. How does free will get along with predestination? That was a question we've pretty much been addressing from the get-go. I was saving that till, till now. <laughs> uh, but it sounds like me and you disagree with that. Disagree with that. You seem to think it's very salvation-specific and that God foresees, and so then he chooses because he foresees. Well, because I think that verse in Ephesians, to me, that's what that says. That says that he chose us before the foundation of the world. So, therefore, he already knew who we were going to be. Uh, see, I, I find that very curious just because I, I see it as saying the exact opposite. Hmm. If God foreknew us before the beginning of, or foresees us before the beginning of the world, it's not our choice dependent. It's like when you're having a child you haven't yet experienced life with that child, but you know them and you love them all the same. And so you choose that to be your child. Yeah. But, but the problem that I have with that is just the condemnation of everybody else like that. That one's really just hard for me to accept. On the other hand, if you read the old Testament, (laughs) many people were condemned. I mean, again, it may have been their actions. I, you know, whatever, but, you know, there were whole groups of people wiped out and the Lord, mm-hmm. um, you know, had them do that, and including, you know, children and, and livestock. And, 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 and honestly, that's, that's one of the hardest things that I've ever had to accept, that I have to accept, is reading that and understanding that the Lord did that. I think for a large portion of my life, that was very hard for me to accept. But I think in the last few years is I've seen how social media has twisted so many people as well as it's given a voice to a lot of people who are pretty evil. It, it honestly makes a little bit more sense now because of the average person is able to express all their evil in mass. It, it makes sense as to why God would have such strong judgment. Not saying God would destroy everyone or do all these things to be unjust as if he's some capricious or arbitrary judge. But God knows the depths of our hearts far greater than anyone. And I think a big part of it, too, with me is that I'm a very big believer of absolute power corrupts absolutely. If you were to give even the best people with enough power, they would be able to commit great evil. Totally, totally. And and, and let me just clarify something. Even though I say 
or my thinking is that he chose us because he knew that we would choose him. It's not in any way saying because we're good. Oh, yeah. Not at all because we're not. (laughs) We're like a filthy rag. It's only because of his grace and mercy. It's being willing to accept that we're not good. Exactly. And that's the bottom line. And so, and I like how you put that because it's, I just want to make sure that everybody's clear that I, it wasn't that I thought I did something great and that's why he chose me. No, no. It was that I realized that I was worthless outside of him. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So I just wanted to clarify that. No, I think that's a great clarification because I think a lot of people tend to view that belief as having that assumption. And I, mm-hmm. I mean, it's definitely not true. Mm-hmm. I think people who view God as predestining us in some way and then him foreknowing, foreknowing and choosing us because of that, that view is very much the opposite. It's mm-hmm. God, we're so broken. We need you. We choose mm-hmm. you. Well, and I think another part of this is, you know, as far as predestination versus man's will, like they, I think they do work in sync with each other in that, you know, like he's sovereign. So he's overall, but you know, we have a genuine will and we have to take responsibility for our actions. Yeah. And it's all about personal responsibility, personal relationship, personal responsibility. Yes, and I think that's a big part of why I always tell people when they really want to talk with me about this. I I sort of, (laughs) I've upset a lot of people over time, not in like a like a (laughs) potentially being mean way, but people will say, "Well, Brian, you're you like you go to seminary or you study this stuff. What do you think? Is it predestination or free will?" And I just always say yes. (laughs) I I mean, it does. I always say they have to they have to go hand in hand because if it's either just one of them. It doesn't work. And, and I agree with that. But again, uh, all, I think our only difference is the fact that... Uh, does God foresee us and us choosing him? Or does yes. that influence his choice? Right. Well, I, Again, I'm not even saying it necessarily influences choice because he can do whatever he wants. But if he knows we're going to choose him, then why wouldn't he choose us? I mean, like, yeah. could there be a scenario where someone would choose him and he wouldn't choose them? I don't think so. I, I, so I think you and I are in sync there. I think I it's, think it's disagreement disagreements on how we would uh, define or look at little things yeah. here or there. Yeah, for sure. So Absolutely. I guess that brings up my next question: okay. Can we resist being chosen by God? No, I I don't think so. I don't think so because He knows all and is all. And so, how do you not respect His will and? His sovereignty. Yeah. This is, this is again, where I think a time where I would say the answer is both yes and no. I think to some degree we can choose to resist being chosen by God. I think maybe not for eternally necessarily. Well, that's what I would, I was going to ask you. It's like, what, what do you mean by that? Because that was the question. Remember I brought that up before I said, so can he choose us, but we don't choose him. And I'm, so that's what you're saying, basically. Or no, you're not saying. No, that. I'm saying the opposite of that. I'm, uh, this is my other part of saying that has to have both at the same time. Just they have to be in sync. They with have each to other. be completely in sync because mm-hmm. I think there is times where even as Christians we want to run away from God. There are like Christians could be Jonas. God tells us something and we say, "Nope, I want to put my fingers in my ears, go la 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 la, and run away." And I think <laughs> a big part of that can be whether it's resisting God's will just for this season Mm 
-hmm. or if it's something bigger of someone who's just angry and hurt and God, how could you let me lose my wife, my child, my parents, my X, Y, and Z, Mm -hmm. if you're good, if you're loving. And so we can resist and push back on God until we eventually realize like that's not what he wanted. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, I just got done reading Job. Yes. You know, it's pretty tough sometimes to, to read scripture like that. Um, I just lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> Job's one of my one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite books, wow. or at least as a not as my favorite one to read. It's one of my favorite like philosophy level kind of ideas in scripture, mm. where the people of the times oh, was it, it was called a theodicy. It's a which is a type of book where someone writes about people's working through the question: Are the gods just? Mm. And Job essentially the answers gods in plural. Because it's the theodicy genre would be written by pagans, by non non by non Jews, and so the author of Job, whether that's Job or someone in the future writing, is this is response is saying you're asking the wrong question. Mm-hmm. You don't say are the gods just. You ask the gods if they're good and if you can trust them, and that's what God's response is. Don't ask me if I'm just. Don't ask me if I'm fair. If every single little thing equals out and makes sense logically. Ask if you trust me, if you think I'm centrally good in character. And if you do, then you know that I am just. Mm. And that justice, and as we now know, justice is also coming. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you have this topic. It came to me what I was going to ask you. And it has to do with when somebody becomes saved. So we have children, like young children, we have, I mean, my grandchildren, we were just talking about this a little while ago. They're almost four and six, but, you know, they want to pray pray for us if we bang our head. You know, they want to, um, you know, lay hands on us. I mean, it's just amazing to me their, their thought process to automatically go to the Lord at their age. It's just amazing to me. Yeah. And obviously, you've got to be in church for that. You've got to, you know, have... Um, when I say in church, I don't mean necessarily a physical building, but you've got to be schooled. You've got to be in community, it, being got educated. To, exactly. You've got to be educated in community. And um, so when I think about Calvary Chapel many, many years ago, um, we did an altar call at the end of virtually every service. And I remember this old man uh, who went forward, and he was in his 90s, I'm sure. He could barely walk, and it just tore me up. Because it's like, wow, (laughs) it's even hard now to think about it because it's like, you know, it's almost too late for him. And he went forward and it was like, one would think that it's really exciting for a young child to do it. It's exciting for anybody to go forward. But when you think about like an older person, like they don't have much time in and that's evident. And again, none of us know. None of us know what's you know what tomorrow holds, but um, we know he does hold tomorrow, right? And so, getting yeah. back to what you were saying is, we need to trust him. We need to trust him. Uh, I think to actually answer your question again, I think I tend to make a lot of people frustrated with my answers to questions regarding <laughs> predestination. Okay. Uh, I be, because the way I have come to view predestination is in terms of the story. God is telling a story with our lives, with his creation. It's this interwoven, beautiful thing. 
uh, when you have a character, say the protagonist, regardless of any point in the character's life, they're still always the protagonist, right? Mm-hmm. Even when they're not being heroic or not being protagonisty. Same with side characters. Same with all the characters in the element. There's still that central label. Okay. I think in the same way happens to us. If Jace is saved, and same with my nieces, uh, they're both saved now, even if they haven't had that moment of salvation yet. Where in the sense where God has already chosen them, they have not yet made the temporal choice in their limited lives to yet choose him back, mm-hmm. but God would have still have already chosen them before the foundations of the world. So regarding judgment, I mean, I would say the people who are saved are saved now. It's just they also still need to have that choice. They still need their side of the choice. Well, and that's really kind of my question and what I find intriguing about it all. It's like some people will come to that choice as a young person. Yeah, I was five. Right, exactly. And then some will be 95, like this man going forward at church. And it's interesting to me, based upon your perspective, so, well, I guess it's not just your perspective at that point when they're actually saved. But, <laughs> yeah, it's, all, it's only God's perspective. Well, I know, but I, I guess I was, I was a little unclear as I was thinking about this. But what I was going to say is that it's just interesting to me like why it takes so long for some people to come to that conclusion. And like Mm. some people have done it on their deathbed right before they passed away and made that decision for Christ. And yet he chose them like he predestined them. And he knew that they were going to, that he, that person was going to choose him right before they, right before they died. Yes. I, I think, again, when it comes to predestination, I, I always tend to think of it as in terms of story. So when I view that, I view it as how inspirational and beautiful is it when we hear of that person who they were dying and they gave their life to Christ in their last moments. <laughs> There's something beautiful and tender and just heart-pulling of oh, that. Oh, it was. That, that uh, older man, that's probably one of the most moving experiences I've ever had in church. It was just incredible be- because he shuffled his feet. He could barely walk, but he knew what he had to do. Yes, and and I think part of that is like sometimes I think God will let that happen because that's inspirational because then everyone who we talk to about this it helps them know, like, no, there's always a time for a second chance. It doesn't. The when, yes, God wants you to say yes as soon as you can, as soon as you're willing. But if you're not willing, God will take that yes up until the moment that you pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And I think that can also help encourage us because then we don't give up until people are gone. Mm-hmm. And even then, we pray and hope that they didn't reject it. And that we're just not aware. And I think that that is hard. I mean, I definitely have friends who we've prayed for years for family members um, to come to Christ who didn't and they passed away. And that's just a really hard thing to have to address yeah. and, and reconcile. I, not just that, but I think there's also a much darker reality that there's a lot of people who think they're saved or think their loved ones are saved and they're not. Mm-hmm. And they're going to end up going and being in heaven and they're going to look around and say, hey, where's 
where's X, Y, and Z? And God's going to say, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how to tell you this, bud. Mm-hmm. But then on the other hand, we don't know. Yeah, we, we don't, don't know. know the heart. We don't know. We don't know what that that relationship is between them. And yeah. so we, we all we can see from the outside, mm-hmm. but we don't know the inside. So um, while it, it could appear that way, certainly we don't know for sure. Yeah, and that's actually one of my favorite things I've ever heard from Pastor Fredo Ramos. Uh, with Sandals was the one I was a lot younger. He said, uh, don't have faith in your ha- faith. Don't. I'm sorry, say that again? Don't have faith in your faith. Okay. Have faith in God. And it was very mind-blowing for me to start thinking about it in that terms. Mm-hmm. Don't don't worry about how strong my faith is or how weak my faith is. <clears throat> Just trust God. You know, that, that kind of reminds me, that almost implies, like, don't have faith in religion, have faith in God. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. when I think about religion, I think some people do get caught up in the dogma and the, you know, just the... Yeah, don't get caught up in... Being believing that you're praying, you're doing all these deeds, you're doing mm-hmm. all this work, mm-hmm. is what makes you saved, mm-hmm. or tithing, or, or anything. you know, doing your your service for years, and and you know, um, it's not about that. It's about your your relationship. I begin mean, think about Martha and Mary. You know, where effectively, you know, the Lord said what what. Mary was doing was more important. You know, Martha was so busy trying to get things ready for the Lord, but Mary was actually paying attention to the Lord. Yeah. You know? She was actually <laughs> spending time with him rather she than just doing She was spending time him. with him instead of doing things for him. And, and I don't want to minimize... Oh, sorry. Uh, no, and I know what you're saying. It's not that, I mean, Martha was a believer too. It's just that her... And we're all different, right? I yeah. know I'm like, I always... I always say that. I'll say I'm a Martha. Like, I, I do spend a lot of time, like, doing stuff. And um, I need to spend more time just being, for sure. It can be very difficult to do. It, it can be, especially when you're an eight. Yep. Yep. But yeah, what I was going to say was, uh, I, and I think there's a big story in the Gospels where Jesus talks about him when he's in judgment and there'll be a bunch of people before him and he'll say you did not feed people in my name you did not prophesy my name in my name you did not do x y and z in my name and they said lord when do we have a chance and he says uh and he goes every single person you ignored you also did to me and same with the opposite Mm -hmm. of everyone who did this for you did for me where it's an aspect of the people that don't know him personally He'll say, I never knew you. Mm-hmm. Well, and I know we, we used to say this in Bible study, and it's absolutely true. You may be the only Jesus that somebody meets or knows that, you know, mm-hmm. runs into. And um, not that I've always been, you know, the best at it. I can have my frustration, impatient days. and We, we have never <laughs> experienced that. that. Yeah. yeah, no, we know not telling the truth right now once we were like that earlier on this episode i'm just so <laughs> thankful that the the lord knows my heart i think about david and just some of the things that he did but how he would be so regretful afterwards and he had such a heart for the lord and um yeah i it, you know there's always 
there's always time for repentance. Yes, there's always time. I was going to say second chances, repentance, for sure. Because mm-hmm. we aren't perfect and we sin every day. And, you know, that's why we need to be in relationship with the Lord. That's why we need to be in relationship with him and be present with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, wasn't sure if you had any other thing before I start going into verses. No, I think I think we have a good discussion about that. Well, oh boy, we got a lot of them. Okay. John fifteen sixteen. You did not choose me, but I chose you. Mm-hmm. Second Timothy. Well, that kind of speaks to your your <laughs> yeah. perspective, doesn't it? That's a very big uh, <laughs> verse when it comes to. Uh, it's funny too because it's the first one I have listed. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about we well, would disagree. I like to think that that he knew that we would choose him, not that we chose him per se. But that we would choose him. Yeah. So it's more like the foreknowledge of knowing we would choose him. That's yeah. kind of where I'm. That's a little different than. Yeah, I, th- I think it's fine. I just, I take greater comfort in knowing that God didn't care about my choice when he chose me. Hmm. He said, I'm going to choose you and I'm going to invest in you and you're going to be my boy. <coughs> and I'm so glad you're his boy. Yes. Uh, 2 Timothy 1.9, Jesus who saved and called us with a holy calling. Proverbs 16.4, the Lord has made everything for its purpose, even the wicked for the day of trouble. Galatians 1.15, but when he set me apart before I was born, and he called me by his grace. Matthew 22.14, many are called, but few are chosen. And then Ephesians 1, 4, and 5. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be homely and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. Romans eight twenty nine through 30. For those who he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son so that he would be the first one among the brethren. And these whom he predestined, he also called. And these whom he called, he also justified. And these who he justified, he has also glorified. And that's all of them. All different verses that speak to different aspects of predestination, mm-hmm. different aspects of our salvation and choice in the matter, in that they're all meant to bring comfort. That evil person out there who's just troubling you, whether it's someone who's your neighbor or someone like maybe Putin or maybe something in history. We don't know why God made them, but he's a part of the story too. And they're also made to some degree for the day of trouble, mm-hmm. a day of justice. Well, we know who gets the victory here. Yes. <laughs> and then we can know that Christ saved us and he called us with something holy. He saved us to be part of, uh, to be set apart with his grace. Amen. We know that he calls everyone, even if they're not chosen. He always welcomes everyone to the party. You don't need the invitation. He's invited everyone. And above all that, he has foreknown us. He has been in a relationship with us. With us, Easy for me to say. Okay, I'm a little confused by what you just said. Oh, yeah. That's why it's taken a whole other la- layer of uh, complexity and confusion. Well, what you just said was that he chose everyone. He invited everyone. He, Sorry, he has invited everyone. If I said he has chosen everyone, that's not what I meant. So, 
be clear on, on on what you mean here so that I'm clear because he he predestined certain people, but he invited everyone. He has invited everyone to salvation. And that's why it's part of this aspect of that's where part of their free will comes in, as in God is But that speaks more to my position, I think. If he invited everyone and he knew which ones were going to t- accept that invitation and therefore... Yeah, it does. You know, so, okay. It I does. Just, I just want to make sure I was hearing you properly. Yes, I was saying a verse that's in... Because there are, there are scripture that agrees with you and makes it a little bit harder for me to explain. <laughs> okay. And I could go on a 20-minute explanation for that, but I figured no one wants to listen for this for another 20 minutes. Right. And if you can, you could email us at realworldpod at gmail.com. Absolutely. So segue. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. As well as if you guys could send us any feedback or any topics you would love for us to talk about, we would be so excited. I mean, I would especially be excited about any theological topic or even if you just want to have a conversation about predestination or last week eschatology, I'll be happy to have an actual full conversation talking about my views or answer any questions. And so eschatology is... End times. End times. <laughs> I just want to make sure because I wasn't going to call it eschatology. Sorry, that's, was, ha- that's habits. Just like I have a tendency to refer to salvation as soteriology. Okay. What is it? Soteriology. Okay. Yeah, well, I think we'll just not call it that. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. End times. Pneumatology. Oh, my goodness. All the tologies. All the tologies. All righty. But I think... Uh, my one last thought I would share with all of you guys, just be aware that whenever scripture talks about predestination of any kind, just know that God chose you, God loves you, and that it's not something we can ever fully comprehend. There's a whole thing with John Calvin I wanted to talk about, but we don't quite have time for. Maybe we can mention another time. Yeah, let's talk about Calvinism. Uh, because it's just the hardcore predestination people and mm. how they're a little bit difficult. I see. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Well, let's talk about Calvinism then. We'll we'll do that on another pod. Yep. Awesome. Alrighty. Maybe we could just have a whole episode about the wisdom of how we talk about difficult topics like predestination. I think that's really good. I know I can get a little testy sometimes. I don't think I'm over the top here, but, um, you know, it's really easy to push people's buttons. And, you know, what do they say that you shouldn't talk about religion and politics like in a, in a crowd? And honestly, that's what I go for. And I get shut down a lot of times. Um, but I, I really find it fascinating to, to share um, not so much my opinion, but I mean, like, I want to hear other people's opinions on, on various things. And um, so yeah. that's kind of where I am. Yeah, that's fair. Alrighty. Do you have any okay. final thoughts, Mom? Nope. Just um, if, like Brian said, if you need to talk to any of us about salvation, I know we've already done a pod on on that, but we, we talked about that. This is certainly in sync with what that is. And uh, please let us know, and we hope you have a great week. See, See you, you guys later. next time. <laughs>